Tom. Hey, Amanda. So you know that movie in the 80s uh, about a group of friends, a couple kids going out to fight some monsters and, and save their town? Oh, I love the Goonies. No, I'm clearly talking about Monster Squad. Oh, well, in that case, I guess that's what we're going to talk about today. And can we talk about... The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Phoebe, handle life, okay? You're being a spaz. Ow! God, you baby, you brat! I'm telling mom on you! What ya look? Can we talk about, despite whatever you're about to say, the epic 1980s movie, Monster Squad? Yes, we can. I love your reaction because I watched it the other day for the first time. You've been stressing to me I need to see this movie. And I've been avoiding giving you any inkling of what I think of this movie. Any thoughts? Yes. And what did I say when you texted me today and said, I watched Monster Squad? I was making you nervous because I have I, it. I still have yeah. it on. I said, I'm guessing you hated it because you did not text me at all while watching it. No, I was saving it all for the podcast. Okay. I didn't want to, I didn't want to let anything on. And okay. I, I do want to just jump this off by saying I had yeah. never seen Monster Squad up until yeah. probably, I don't know, when my I started dating my fiance. So 13 years yeah. ago, 12 years ago, we were talking about our favorite Halloween movies. And he said, well, mine's definitely Monster Squad. And I was like, what the hell is that? He said they used to watch it every year on Halloween or around Halloween time. And I had never seen it. And I shit on it hard until I watched it with him. And it's (laughs) it makes me feel like an 80s kid and proud of it. Yeah, no, that's fair. I can just tell because I know you know how this is going to go. So I'm ready. (laughs) I'm ready. I'll get my you want to get my critiques out of the way. You want to get those out of the way first? say a blanket statement here this is not to me a critiquable movie Mm -hmm. this is meant to be a mess this is not a cinematic masterpiece all right no i understand i had a theory about it and then i did some research to figure out like where this movie came from which to me that's actually really interesting the movie was written by the guy who directed it who is fred decker and i'll get back to him in a second and shane black do you know who Shane Black is? I don't think I do, actually. Okay. So Shane Black is a very famous writer and then turned writer-director. So he wrote Lethal Weapon. Oh, which was okay. like well, familiar the, one with of that. the biggest. Yeah. He wrote Last Action Hero, which is one of the best like 90s movies that exists. Fight me on that. The Long Kiss Goodnight. And then... He wrote and his directorial debut of something he had written was Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Fantastic. uh, Amazing. Fantastic. He wrote and directed Iron Man 3. I mean, rake that money in, baby. Yeah. 
which Kiss Kiss Bang Bang featured Robert Downey Jr. And Robert Downey Jr., I think, advocated for him to do Iron Man 3. He also did The Nice Guys in 2016, which is mm-hmm. one of the, my favorite movies. And then uh, The Predator, which was the new Predator movie that he did. But to go all the way back to this, this was like the first movie he wrote with Fred Decker, who he went to school with. And wait, didn't Fred Decker get like kicked out of a couple film schools? I don't know much about Fred Decker, to be honest. That That's possible. I don't know much about him. But what was interesting to me is that the entire premise of this movie are these kids who are obsessed with monsters and like legend, like legendary monsters. And that was Fred and Shane. Like that's th- amazing. They, w- they wrote themselves, basically. But this was 1987. Right. And and so I my best assumption, year in the world. I was born. Absolute yeah. best year. Yeah, absolutely. Clearly. My assumption watching this was that it was let's make another Goonies, but around Halloween. Like, that's what it felt like it was trying to do. Okay. And at first, I'm cynical about it, of course, because I'm like, all right, well, you know, it's like, you know, mom, I want to watch the Goonies. It's like, well, we have the Goonies at home and you come home and it's Monster Squad. But in its own right, like, I appreciate what they were doing. To your point, you had warned me about this. It's like, yeah, there's some stuff that's eh, like, you know, didn't necessarily... Like they're dropping the f bomb, like the, the slur f bomb in the right in like the first sentence of the movie. Oh, that <laughs> part, like the first... yeah, that was not good. Yeah, <laughs> that was not good. I thought you were talking about Amanda's f bomb. Oh no 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 no! But no, it was. I mean, it was cool in that aspect. I liked the movie. I did. My major critique was that I felt like it needed to be flushed out more. Like it like could have been polished up a little bit better. Aside from that, it was a good okay. movie. It was a good eighties movie. Okay, well, a little backstory on this. The whole thing is, it's like you said, they're obsessed with monsters. It's supposed to be a nod to the, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but in the 30s, 40s, and 50s, Universal Studios was known for their monster movies, right? So that's where you get your Frankenstein, your Dracula, your, you know, swamp monsters, all those things. Yeah. This was a nod to that. That's what they wanted to do. But they had to tread very lightly because they didn't want to get sued by Universal. Universal originally was going to make the movie, and then they dropped them. Huh. So the budget they thought they were going to have Uh (laughs) went away. Yeah. (laughs) So they were picked up by TriStar, which had a much lower budget, and the visual effects team had to get very creative with a little bit of money. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it it definitely feels like that. And the other thing I'll add there, too, is... It quite famously a couple of years ago, Universal is like, hey, we have all these monsters. We have this entire catalog of monsters. Yeah. Let's make a cinematic universe and and use Tom Cruise as the kickoff with the mummy. And then they were going to do like a Dracula movie and all these other movies. And then no one went to go see the movie because everyone's like, we don't care about these monsters like in a serious cinematic universe. And so they scrapped yes. the entire thing. Now, I will say Stan Winston, who is like legendary in the monster creating world for Universal, he did this movie. Yeah. So they changed certain things about each character. So uh, Dracula doesn't have the widow's peak that Dracula normally does. Yeah. Frankenstein's neck bolts, they put them up by his temples. And Wolfman's pointy ears are more like lupine as good old stan winston says than universal did and the reason they did that is because that's the way they could have these monsters without getting sued by universal because universal straight up said i don't want it (laughs) 
I mean, I obviously just watched this. You've watched it before. I don't know if you noticed who the Wolfman was. Do you know who, who played the Wolfman? Don't cheat. Don't Google it. I don't know who played the Wolfman, but I did watch a TikTok about this like six months ago. Okay. And I was like, oh, I've got to remember <laughs> this when we do the podcast. And I have no idea who it is, but I know it's somebody. Uncle Rico from Shit, Napoleon Dynamite. Wait, didn't we slash- talk about that? Well, we talked about it because he's also in the White Lotus. Okay. I was going to say, I thought we talked about something having to do with this. Yeah. He is Greg in the White Lotus who marries Tanya. Okay. Jennifer Coolidge's character. Yeah. Who, by the way, is still technically alive in the the White Lotus universe. So he might come back and maybe he'll come back as a a wolfman. So that'll be the full circle. Good. As long as he dies. All right. My other critique. I I, I swear there's only a few. And again, maybe it's because I'm drawing a parallel to the Goonies, which I feel like is a fair comparison. Like it's a bunch of like ragtag team of kids who go on an adventure and, you know, fighting or with some, you know, supernatural thing. And just to point out, the Goonies did come out two years before this did. Yes. So and that's why. So yeah, I, that's can why see, I thought yeah. there was a connection. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But what I was going to say is I feel and it's funny because right before this, I was confusing one of the kids in this. For David Faustino. It's Michael Faustino. David Faustino was the kid from Married with Children. Yes. Michael Faustino is just this kid in this movie and then like some other random small parts. To the point that even Google gets, if you if you pull up the cast list to this, Michael Faustino's photo is a picture of his brother, David Faustino. It's so, so funny. I'm, and I clicked on it. I was like, wait, no, that's him. <laughs> and it's like, they just hate, don't care about this guy yeah. so much. They don't even have his picture up. But part of me was also like, I didn't think the kids were great actors. This is, I mean, this, I'm being, I'm being, I feel like they're, an asshole critiquing. Kids I know. in the 80s. I, I mean, know. I know yeah. people called it a ripoff. I get it. But it was, I'm trying to find another movie that this could be a comparison to because yeah. going into it, obviously I had not seen it since 2010, but yeah. it's clearly low budget. Yeah. You can see that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like. They got people in the Goonies that had already, you know, most of them yeah. had acting jobs already. These kids were seasoned. Yeah. Not the case over here. No, no, no. Absolutely not. Not yeah. the case. And the the little girl turned down um, the part in Fatal Attraction to be in this movie. Oh, geez. May not have been the best <laughs> idea. Yeah. No, but here's the thing. I'll, I'll give this to you. I love these types of movies that I think I've even said it here before. There aren't enough of these movies where it's like kids going on an adventure to go, you know, fight a monster or go on an adventure or like yeah. whatever, like th- like we don't need, we don't need a Goonies reboot, but I'm okay with other Goonies esque movies of kids kind of running their own like little world going on their own yeah. adventure. A la the little rascals. Which I think is why I liked like the 90s reboot of The Little Rascals and things like that. So, I loved that. Yeah. By the way. So, just for what it's worth. But to your point, yeah. I mean, you can tell this is low budget. But again, if you're a kid, it's a bunch of kids going on an, an adventure. And that's fun and cool. And like they're trying to uncover yeah. something. But yeah. I mean, look at the premise of it. And I feel like other movies have kind of taken from this as well. Like the main hangout and the place that they go to be kids, a tree house with baseball cards, yeah. just like Sandlot. Sandlot yeah. took that same premise, tree yeah, house, exactly. baseball Sandlot. cards. Yeah. And to me, it's just good old fashioned 
unadulterated, ridiculous fun. We all know how I am and the way that that little girl who's Ashley Bank, who plays little Phoebe, (laughs) the way she just takes little Frankenstein's finger and holds it. And she just loves him so much. It's like me with, like you said, with Chunk with the Goonies. I just, I like them and I like the monsters and I like all of the, I don't know. Back up to, you mentioned Chunk from the Goonies. And one of the things, me and my son looked at each other like, wait, what? Like when this happened, because in the beginning of the movie, we're introduced to the Chunk-esque character, right? If we're we're running a a parallel. Yes. Chunk Light. Okay. Who... The kids are bullying him and they call him a name. And I'm like, oh, that's that's whatever. But then that's his nickname the whole movie. They it's just not nicknamed great. him. They call him it's Fat not Kid. His yeah, nickname it's not is great. Fat Kid. <laughs> it's not great. <laughs> but that's where I was it's like. It's not great, you know, guys. That's where it's like there's all these like little parallels to the Goonies you can kind of make. Like the one kid whose dad is connect. Right. Because in the Goonies. Mikey, his dad is works the museum, and that's the connection to that. Yes. Right? And so here, there's monsters running about, and his and the main kid, his, his dad, cop. is the, the detective, right? He's the cop, and so it's like, all right, cool. Like there's like those little lines, those little parallels, and then there's the oh, and then like there's the husky kid, and and in the Goonies, it's Chunk, and here it's Fat Kid, just Fat Kid. Well. I mean, also not great that the bad guy, very Home Alone-esque, very Goonies-esque, yeah. the bad guy is like a creepy person that you find out is like, you know, your biggest ally, and they just call him Scary German Guy. Yeah. And- <laughs> Even at the- He's literally credited as Scary German scary Guy. Scary German like Guy. They never I give know. him a name. They're just like, at least at least Fat Kid becomes Horace, and there's been a little revisionist history of like, oh, that was his character name the whole time. Don't what are you, are you kidding? His what are you friends guys call him about? Fat Kid. Yeah, I really didn't know what to make of like the greaser kid either, who just shows up and wants to be their friend. But no, that's what you need. You need like yeah. the hot popular kid. It's the Josh Brolin. Duh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. You know what I mean? Yeah. You need the 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 heartthrob. Duh. Yeah. Yeah. The hot but, guy who slums it with the young kids and helps them out, just like in Stranger Things. Oh, Stranger Things. You've I'm got sorry. the hot popular guy who slums it with the younger kids to fight the crime yeah. and fight the monsters. I like that. I don't know if you made this connection either, but I don't know. Did you realize that the mom from the Goonies is also the mom in this? No, I did not. <laughs> it's the same. What's the same actress? Well, we, we know she can play the part. We know she can well, play the part. You know, in Goonies, she's not as present because she's running around. She's got all these errands to do. Huh? You know, Consuela is is following her around or whatever. Uh, the worst, yes. You know, this, she's like, I don't know, on the verge of getting divorced. There's actually some really funny stuff that I think that you'll really appreciate. And I don't know if you saw this in your okay in your your big uh, studying. So the yeah. first scene of the movie that they had in mind, it was supposed to be. Uh, it does not exist, by the way. I'm just going to say this. But it was supposed to be in the initial script. There's Van Helsing, Storm's Dracula's Castle, mm-hmm. and then Zeppelins and 100 Men of Horseback help fight Van Helsing. Okay. And in this sequence, when they priced it out, it would have been more than the budget of the original movie, the entire budget of the <laughs> whole movie, just to do that. Just and the one. Just one scene. They said they were going to have 40 vampire brides riding horses. And uh, Decker was like, uh, sorry, to because that was Black's idea. Obviously, he wrote the movie. He's like, we can't yeah. make this. 
That's five minutes of the movie and the budget's already a hundred million if we just make it with that. So they had to obviously scrap that. Yeah. Have you seen the people that were almost cast for certain parts? I just realized too, we sort of like glazed over everything. I want to just back up for one second. So I had never seen this movie before and I don't think we've really explained what this movie is to anybody who hasn't seen it. It's kids fighting monsters. Okay. I think we covered it. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I think we covered it. Yeah. They have, well, the monsters are like, you know, like the swamp monster. You've got Dracula, mm-hmm. you've got Frankenstein, you've got a mummy and you've got Wolfman. Yes. Who has nards, by the way. Right. I, I, and my son looked at me and he was like, I don't understand what's happening. When the be- no one does. So the beginning of the movie, we see a scene from years, years ago when they were trying to capture the monsters or something. And instead, I, I guess Van Helsing got captured. I, I kind of missed yeah. that part um, into like a little like amulet. And then we flash forward, and at some point, there is a, a an airplane carrying mm-hmm. all, all the monsters from Dracula. Germany. Dracula. Dracula. Well, yeah. I thought, it, but didn't he also have Frankenstein's monster with him too? I think it was just Dracula. But oh, I'm going to watch from? it tomorrow, and I'll let okay. you know. <laughs> so Frankenstein's monster, I think, is there as well. I, it's just like a bunch of crates of things. I, oh, that's what it was. Dracula is on there and there's the crate of Frankenstein's monster, which goes oh, you're into right, the you're lake. Right. 100% correct. Yes. And he gets into a fight with, well, that, that guy. It's the, the, the Uncle Rico from yeah. Napoleon Dynamite on the plane, who's one of the pilots. Uh, the other pilot, by the way, did you notice who the other guy was? He's that guy who's like mob movies and stuff. I forget his name. No. David Provol. Am I saying his name right? I don't know. Let me look at uh, his picture He was in here. Shawshank Redemption. Uh, he was Richie Aprile on uh, The Sopranos. So, Oh, I know who that is. Yes. Yeah. And so anyway, we never, I don't think we ever see him again. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah. So then moving moving forward. So then all of a sudden Dracula has a plan to like sort of take over the world or I don't know. What, what, he needs some, to get the amulet. He has he's to got, get the amulet. amulet. He's yeah. got to take over the world and he's got to get his allies. And these kids who are obsessed with monsters and Dracula and Frankenstein and all this other stuff, the crate and Dracula just happen to land in their town while they also have their own like little treehouse club called the Monster Squad, which they only pen the name of their club during the events of the movie. Yeah. And so when Frankenstein comes out of his crate, he doesn't want to help Dracula. He's not a bad guy. Frankenstein's a big, fat little sweetheart. He's the best. And he finds Phoebe, the little girl... Well, he's sent to kill them. They have a journal written in yeah. German of Van Helsing. And and the kid has it because the dad German has guy. it. Yeah. And Dracula's like, go get the journal and kill the kids if you have to. And he goes, okay, master, and goes to do it. And then you, a little version of you, yeah. sees this Tiny giant Amanda. monster. Mm-hmm. And she's like, want to be friends? And just hold his little finger. And he's like, friends. Oh, and then God, he's okay. it's so it like makes me I'm not even kidding this is how my brain works it makes me like cry and tear up every time I watch that part I'm like oh she's he's like good in his heart and then all the kids are afraid of him when they show up and she's like no look he's good and then he's really good he's he's their friend yeah I don't remember what part it happens but when she says she calls them chicken shits Mm -hmm. and says that he's their friend she's like come on you little chicken shits he's really nice or whatever she says it's so freaking funny a lot of little kids cursing in this which is it's just fine but it's not i just love it i know by the way can i just back up one second i I, yes another thing i I mentioned that i i'll let you get to your thing that you've been trying to get to this whole time i don't even know what i'm talking about but go ahead mary ellen trainer so the mother from monster squad but also the mother from the goonies 
apparently, I didn't know this. She was married to Robert Zemeckis, who you may know because, like, he directed Forrest Gump. She was in Forrest Gump. Yeah, but, like, why? Man, she really slummed it before that, huh? <laughs> well, let me let me run down the movie she was in because, like, she really latched on to this crew of, like, Shane Black and Robert Zemeckis. She was in The Goonies. She was in Lethal Weapon. She was the doctor. She was the psychiatrist in Lethal Weapon. Uh, she was also in Monster Squad. She was in Die Hard. She was Gail Wallen. She was the anchor in Die Hard. She was in Scrooge. She was in Ghostbusters 2, Lethal Weapon 2, Back to the Future 2. She's one of the police officers that finds Jennifer in the in the the alleyway and takes her home. Oh, my the God. The futuristic police. So she's in a bunch of uh, stuff. Le- all the other Lethal Weapons as well. Death Becomes Her. She was uncredited as Jenny's babysitter in Forrest Gump. She was the mother in Little Giants. One of the greatest movies of our generation. Fight me on it. Uh, she was in Freaky Friday. Um, and then just to bring the room down, she uh, passed away from okay. pancreatic cancer in 2015. Well, she but, left behind yeah. a killer resume. Yeah. But she was like, apparently according to, and this is all according to Wikipedia, she was like good friends with Kathleen Kennedy, who's a big producer and then went on to run the Lucasfilm division at... Uh, at yeah, not well, a bad Lucasfilm. friend to have. Yeah. So, and anyway, apparently she introduced Kathleen Kennedy to Steven Spielberg. Are you, you kidding me? To, no. Well, thank yeah, you. So, thank you for all of that. So behind the scenes, like she's done all this stuff. And then, uh, yeah, she she was married to Robert Zemeckis for 20 years. So behind the scenes, like I, I and it's really funny because like, you know, you remember her from The Goonies and I saw her in this. And I'm like, oh, she looks familiar. She was always that familiar face in other movies. So I have killer ADHD, as you've all realized listening to this podcast. But I love this meme that I always see. And it's like people with ADHD watching movies. And it's like, where have I seen that person before? Immediately yeah. grab their phone and they look <laughs> it up to see where they do. And I do that all the time. But I have to credit you because you are so good at recognizing people and being like, where have I seen this face before? Oh, which is, is where I've seen the face before. I, and I'm not. But in real life, I have like straight up facial blindness. You do. Like, that is a fact. I, I can tell you I that. I've seen people, it in action. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've seen it in I've action. literally had people look me in the eye and say hello to me and know me. And I'm like, I don't know who this person is like for the life of me. But but if they're in a movie, if they're an actor, or like they have a bur- singed into my brain yeah. from watch. Yeah, that, that I remember. Well, I mean, to bring it back to the plot of the movie. One thing I do love about this movie is this is literally the dream of every kid growing up. I I will say every kid from our generation growing up. Yeah. And it has all of the things that you need. The monsters live in a monster house that now they have to go in, but they're protected (laughs) by the wards. So the monsters can't get the amulet because it's in a stone room underneath the monster house. And like that is, a little kid, I can think of like if there was an abandoned house in town, you know, you in every eighties, nineties movie, you're like, that's where the monsters live. That's yeah. where the ghosts live. That's that's where the spooky stuff happens. And this movie like made that true. Yeah, it's like yeah, that is where the monsters live. You were always correct with that. Yeah, and also I love that like you had said the Van Helsing's diary or whatever it is that they need to you know help save the world is written in German. So they go to scary German guy's house and that's why they become friends with scary German guy. And he ends up being like their friend and helps them take down the monsters. But I just love in true 80s, 90s fashion. The only way to do this is Mm -hmm. to get a female virgin to read the spells in German. Yeah. Yeah. And they try to get Patrick's sister 
Yeah. Because that's the only virgin they know. And she does the spell and it doesn't work because she's like, oh, sorry, guys. I'm not a virgin anymore. <laughs> but look at this. The whole town is burning around us. And now's the time yeah. I'm going to admit to cop dad. I'm not a virgin. Yeah. It's it was like so ridiculous. Well, it was funny, too, because she was like, that was with Steve, but that doesn't count. It's like, OK, no. Oh, my other virgin. Anybody around here? And then you've got it's like, oh, guess we're going to have to use the child. And the other thing, too, my son, my son's sitting next to me watching this with me and he goes, uh, what's a virgin? And I and I just without any context, I'm like someone who's never had sex before. And just I'm like, I'm leaving it at that. Like, we'll just let him figure it out. I, I don't know. Like, he'll have to ask further questions, but not now. We're watching a movie. Um, <laughs> and I don't know about you, but there's some like I get it when it's like a teenager or something. There's yeah. something about looking at like a six year old, four year old. Oh, no, she's like, four, not great, right? guys. Not great. Where she's like, she's doing it with goes, a but the German, animal in her hands. <laughs> And the German good. just goes, the German just goes like, oh, genius. She is a virgin. <laughs> I'm like, oh, God, Jesus Christ. Like, can we not point at kids <laughs> like little, little kids and say that, please? Like, it, it feels a little off. That's OK. Uh, Phoebe does it. She opens the portal, guys. Yeah. And the scary German guy helps her read the German. And she does it in her tiny little voice. And then uh-huh. then there's a and big she battle. Says goodbye. And she says goodbye she's, to oh. Frankenstein. Oh, it's so sad. I can't even think about it. I'm going to cry. I'm watching this tomorrow. I'm going to cry. Yeah. Well, uh, the other thing, too, I didn't know this until literally just this moment. But did you know that the ki- the main kid who played Sean made a documentary about the movie in 2018? And it's called nope. Wolfman's Got Nards. Shut up. That's like my favorite thing. I said, what did I say to you? I'm like, you have to you, watch it. You said, it, well, you said it during this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yes. well, we found out Wolfman's Got Nards. It's a whole documentary about the movie. Well, so, probably should have watched that before we record this episode <laughs> sorry friends yeah it's got a bunch of people from the movie in it so in in my notes though i do just want to point this out it says i wrote down eugene sends a letter to the united states army to help them fight the monsters yeah and don't worry guys the general's so confused when he shows up with the United States Army to this small town and then Sean he comes forward and he gives a business card and he says Sorry, General. Like he's like, here, this will explain everything. We're the monster squad. Yeah. Okay. Can there be one thing that I really critique in this? Because it's that. I mean, I can, but it's to me, that's like I'm not trying to meta this because it's to me, you you can't break it down. It's too wonderful. But I think they wrote this movie from the eyes of a kid who, if a little kid wrote this movie, he would think. Oh, I've seen my dad give people business cards and it solves everything. It says. But my it, was dad's by, it was written by Shane Black, right? Who in the same year <laughs> wrote Lethal Weapon. So, I, and here's the thing. It, it's one of those things where it's like, take yourself back to the 80s. And maybe, you know, maybe my hypothesis is still potentially true, right? Because to the point, I think, what was it? Two years earlier, The Goonies came out, which meant... Yeah, really with the way film works, right? A year after the Goonies came out, they're filming this movie, which means around the same time that the Goonies came out, they're like wrapping up the script for this and finalizing the the details to it. So it's one of those things where I'm like, did this start as a straight up kids movie? And then they're like, oh, no, look, you can have a movie that's with kids, but it doesn't have to placate to kids. It doesn't have to be kitty. You, it can be a little bit more like for all ages kind of thing, which I think the Goonie, the Goonies does that really well. 
because it's a movie for kids, but also adults love it. And it's a fun adventure for all ages, <laughs> for all ages. And you look at this movie instead of the entirety of the movie sort of like riding that line. I feel like there's like some parts that are like, oh, this is more adult. And there's other parts where it's like, oh, that's that's like a kid's movie kind of line. Sure. And him writing with like essentially like crayon, like dear army, the bad guys are here. Send everyone and then put it in an envelope, have his dog lick the envelope and send it to the army. And the army shows up. <laughs> <laughs> just like marches into town but like you if you were that. a little kid and you wrote a movie yes. yeah that's exactly. how it would go and i yeah. will say that when decker was thinking about doing this movie before he had asked black to come on and write it for him he was talking about doing a reboot of the little rascals okay and then he was also thinking about doing a reboot of universal monsters yeah. that's where we landed and so yeah. It's kind of a combination of the two, right? So it's like a crossover of of Little Rascals, a crossover of Universal uh, Monsters. And then he said he watched Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein and was like, oh, I can do this from a completely different perspective. Yeah. And I think that's what made him land here. And also, I will say that I know that it doesn't have great reviews and ratings and that's fine because i think most 80s kids movies don't goonies being an exception yeah what is it like five on rotten tomatoes or something it's like 50 percent to be fair i didn't even look i never looked at it i i mean listen it it generated 2.9 million in its first week in the 80s yeah it's not bad yeah i mean it went on to (laughs) to gross 3.8 million and they spent fourteen million making it. It has a it has a cult following. Give it that. It has. It a does. Cult I watched it the first time I watched. We went to Alamo Draft House and watched it with some friends, and it was so fun. Everyone in the audience was older, and it was just like going back to that being a little kid where you can turn your head off and just yeah. be a little kid in the eighties and like not talk about how awful the yeah special effects are and how cringy moments are you can just like appreciate it for what it is yeah and also there's very good messages in that and you know scary german guy we learn he was a concentration camp prisoner uh, I'm and deeply, yeah that's um a little hard to understand <laughs> um but that's what i mean that's the stuff where like knowing shane black's kind of writing we're like it's like, oh, he was scary, but now he's not scary. And he's teaching, he's like reading, translating this thing for us. And then as the kids leave, he like puts his hand up on the door frame, like just yeah. leaning up against it. And we, and like the camera like tightens in on the tattoo of his like numbers from the concentration camp and then just cuts away to like the next scene. And I'm just like, oh, Jesus Christ, that's really heavy and like really like. Uh, who yeah. is this movie for? <laughs> I don't understand yeah. who this movie is for, but I, maybe that's the allure to it. And and to be fair, I'm, I was reading a little bit more and I, and I saw the comparison. Number one, the director, Fred Decker said he had never even seen the Goonies when he made the movie. So <clears throat> if anything, it's one of those things of like, maybe it was a little bit of game of telephone of like, I understand if he's trying to yeah. say like, Oh, like it, I didn't even see the movie. Hence I couldn't have made it like the Goonies which is fair because it's not like the Goonies, but it seems like there's like little elements of it 
that are very like you know closely compared a la chunk or fat kid oh. you know but with that yeah no I, I get that but at the same time too like it's all over the place the other movie I saw compared to here was The Lost Boys which was oh. a straight up R I loved that movie so I've, I've never seen that one either so. what yeah I know but with that, where my whole point was, if you just like put the Lost Boys and the Goonies and all the B movies they're sort of trying to, you know, touch on, like Dracula and all that, in a blender, you get this one. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. some drama on set. Oh. Decker brought on who at the time was his I don't, I wouldn't I'm not going to say idol but he brought someone on to help him. Okay. Because he had never done this before right? So yeah. So he brought on Peter Hyams um, okay. who was a very big producer at the time for Universal and they clashed the whole time mm-hmm. and Hyams wanted to fire Decker the first week. And with Hyams, he brought like all of his big team of, you know, cameramen and lighting, like everything that he was working with and uh, as well as the people doing the monsters. So it couldn't have happened without him, but they did not work well together. And then what ended up happening is they, at the end, they cut a lot of scenes, which makes certain things in there not you can't really understand what's happening because you lose a chunk yeah. of like probably pretty important dialogue. Yeah. But Hyams was like, no, it can't be more than 90 minutes. 90 minutes is all we can do. 90 minutes, 90 minutes. And so they ended up cutting, I think they said like 13 or 23 minutes of the film that Decker says if we had put in, yeah. the movie would make a lot more sense because you know when they cut stuff and you just yes. watch this fresh eyes, you can see where a conversation was happening and then all of a sudden they're in another scene and oh, there's yeah. no conclusion I- to the conversation. Well, I mean, that was one of my things, too, with the greaser kid, who's the cool kid, who rescues fat kid from being bullied. And it's sort of, like, never explained. Like, why does he come out of, like, nowhere, like, help this kid and then just be like, I want to be in your club. And then just, like, want to. And then it's also explained, like, he's older than these other kids. So it's like, why does he want to hang out with these kids? Like, there's a lot of things that felt like it was missing and cut. You can definitely feel it. So, yeah, I, I mean, I definitely I, I see what you're saying there because I can I can see that there's there's little missing pieces to the puzzle around here. Well, in 2008, Rob Cohen said the film rights were back on Paramount's desk to make a remake yeah. and that he wanted nothing to do with it. And then in 2010, Michael Bay had yeah. signed on to produce it with Cohen to direct. And then Michael and Brian Gunn were going to write screenplay. Yeah. And then in 2014, it all went downhill. It just stopped. I was surprised that like. Fred Decker really didn't do much after this. I mean, he did some small stuff here and there. And for what it's worth, right, 
sort of like stuck to his guns and, and, and wrote what he was interested in. He wrote and directed a few episodes of Tales from the Crypt, which was which was I, a great oh anthology series. I, that's what made me a spooky, creepy kid is my parents <laughs> went to bed. My mom worked nights yeah. and I would stay up watching Tales of the Crypt because I was a sick kid who didn't go to elementary school. And I was like, yeah. I'm seven. Let's watch this yeah. at 4 a.m. No one will stop me. And then he wrote and directed with Frank Miller, Robocop 3. Which the RoboCop series itself is like so back and forth. Oh, did you ever see RoboCop? Yeah, of course I have. I can never pronounce his name properly, so please, please pardon me. But uh, Paul uh, Verhoeven, famously, he did RoboCop. He did Total Recall. He did Starship Troopers. Like RoboCop and Starship Troopers, both movies that aren't what they seem. Like on the surface, they look like they're like, yeah, fun, shoot them up. Like in reality, it's making a commentary on that kind of concept of you know police state and robocop and and starship troopers just like the military industrial complex and then they get misinterpreted by everybody and they do sequels to those movies which completely throw out you know and they and they embrace the thing that he was sort of making fun of in the first place i believe if i remember correctly robocop 3 was one of the better ones am i am i remembering that correctly i hope i'm well i liked all of them but also i'm a kid who grew up watching Charles Bronson and Jean-Claude Van Damme movies and Steven Seagal and thought they were masterpieces. So, yeah. And then uh, Frank Miller, who did, you know, comic books, Frank Miller co-wrote RoboCop 2 and then came on to do this one with Frank Decker for for three. But I'll, I'll say like he, he kept doing like scary movies and like stuck to that. A lot of unproduced things that he never got either credit for or just worked on a script or just didn't get produced. He tried to produce a Johnny Quest movie. I saw yeah. that and he like poured his heart and soul into that and it was yeah. no go. I read somewhere else too. I think him and Shane Black tried to do that together at some point, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. So I don't know oh. if that was that project or something earlier. Well, I've got something to make you really sad. Oh no. The actor Brent Chalum, mm-hmm. he died, who played Fat Kid, he died from pneumonia at 22. Oh, my God. Really? In 1997. So it's kind of a bummer because a lot of these kids, obviously, I, I don't think they went on to do a lot more, obviously, with the yeah. exception of some. But it got a huge resurgence in yeah. popularity as the fans of it got older. And like I said, it did the Alamo Draft House tour more than once. Yeah. And it kind of sucks when that kind of stuff happens because he can't see that like people still love it. Yeah. You know, I hate that I'm late to the game, but I I love it. Of pneumonia? That's insane. Of pneumonia. I know. That's such like a, you have died of dysentery. Like, yeah. (laughs) Oregon Trail. But just a couple accolades. So this version of Dracula was actually on the list of 100 greatest villains ever. Got number 30. Hmm. And Liam Neeson almost was Dracula. He lost out to the role. I've never seen a version of Dracula that walks around chucking dynamite. I love it. Love it. That's my favorite part. There was also apparently a fight that they were going to do where Dracula had a fight with Van Helsing using a machine gun. So that would have been. Van Helsing was going to have a machine gun? That would have been incredible. Could you imagine, though? Just watch. If that had happened, would that have been to you like, I can't do this? I mean, I feel this like it would have been way over the top. I mean, that, okay. that would have been the, I mean, there's a lot over the top in this movie in general, but it's, which is okay. Uh, again, it, I think it's how you view it. Like if it's viewed as like a, oh, it's a, it's a fun kid movie versus, you know, whatever. I we, I mean, I, I need a name for it, but whatever the category of like a Goonies movie is where it's like, 
sort of yeah. for kids, but also for adults kind of thing. I mean, the other thing, too, that got me, I will say the one thing I was like, oh, what, what am I watching here? Like this it almost lost me was the random montage in the middle of the movie because hear me out for one second. Like usually for movies like this, there's like a lead up of like, oh, man, we got to take them down. We got to do this. We got to do that. And to your point, again, a lot of stuff had been cut out. So maybe there was this scene, but there was never a lead up to like, all right, let's do this. We got to prepare for this battle we're going to have tonight or we're going to go after the monster or whatever. And then it just randomly cuts to a music montage, very 80s music. And then the one kid's making business cards. And then the, the I keep calling him the greaser kid. I, I forgot his, the character's name. Is it Rudy? Yeah, Ryan, played by Ryan Lambert. Is that the one? Is that is that is it Rudy or Eugene? I always I, I don't know which one it is. He's he's the only one actually making weapons, right? He's he's in shop class making wooden stakes and silver bullets and all these other things. Give him a lot of credit. He he was the OG in that in that team. They couldn't I, have done it. Okay, without him. I agree. And yeah. I'm just gonna say a couple of things that I learned about this movie that make me love it yeah. even more. So the okay. little girl Ashley Bank that plays Phoebe. Clearly my favorite character because I identify yeah, you with, her identified the most. with her immediately, didn't you? Absolutely. You know the part where Dracula like picks her up and she screams? That yes. was real. They made Holy like she didn't shit. know that was gonna happen. They wanted yeah. to have like a real response. Also, Frankenstein and Dracula never, mm-hmm. ever, ever were out of costume or out of character in front of the kids. Ever. Okay. Yeah, that's that's, so, that's a fair. Yeah, they wanted the kids to see them in full makeup. But yeah. if the guy that played Dracula was ever around Ashley Banks, he never would have offset. He wouldn't have his um, red contact lenses or his fangs in because there's that scene when he, you know, lifts her up by her chin and he holds her. So that scene, he he shows her the sharp teeth and she sees his red eyes for the first time. So she was truly terrified. Yeah. Great for the scene. Yeah. Scarring for the child. Yeah. And then she said (laughs) she never even met the guy, Tom Noonan. Okay. Who played Frankenstein? She never met yeah. him until she was twenty five years old. Oh wow, that's, that's out of costume. That's any time he was even out of costume in the world, and he saw little kid fans that would recognize him. I'm sure it was like parents being like, "Hey, that's the guy that plays Frankenstein yeah. in Monster Squad." Tom Noonan wouldn't talk; he would just grunt at the kids <laughs> like he was Frankenstein. Uh, I love that. That's great. Can I tell you one of my favorite parts? I mean, yes. This is more about like the the movie magic of it all. I thought that the way they did the mummy was awesome. And so when they yeah. fight with air quotes there, like the mummy, like in the car, mm-hmm. I don't want to give too much away, but like that scene is amazing. Like, like the way the, the mummy is depicted and everything. I love that. I thought that was like really good classic movie magic and, and done really well. So, well, the high the, appreciation for that. The casting for that part is hilarious. Yeah. They put an ad out in a casting advertisement that says, we're looking for an extremely thin and tall actor on the verge of anorexia. <laughs> and the gentleman, Michael Reed McKay, that plays the mummy was like yeah. a friend and him were out and they were like, this could be you. And he's like, yeah. was I embarrassed? Maybe, but I got the part of the money. <laughs> it's hilarious. And also, I mean, I think we should just mention the names we already said who played Frankenstein and him, but we should probably just mention who played the other people. So Tom Noonan played Frankenstein. Dracula was played by Duncan Rhaegar. Has he been in anything else? I don't know things that I know. He was in Zorro. He was in Wizards and Warriors, Last Days of Pompeii, The Banker. 
And then in the 2000s, I think we kind of lose him a little bit because he played mm. in Blood Surf and Earth Star Voyager in 1988. Oh. In 2000, he played thing. in Blood Surf. That was it. He, he is, okay. I believe, hold on. I'm seeing things about him in Star Trek. He plays really? Ronan in Star Trek The Next Generation. Really? You should know this. You're the Trekkie. I, I'm, I'm, I'm becoming a Trekkie. I'm not, you're I'm not a Trekkie there the yet. way I'm a member of the Hogwarts community. I get it. I don't know it as well as you do. Also, to be clear, I think what was, is this, is this correct? He was in a uh, deep space nine. I was, I'm not a deep space nine person. I'm, I keep it, I keep it real. I stick with next gen. That's where the, I get so, that. He was yeah. also in Billy the kid. Oh my God. He's he was in some things that I know. I will say, I feel like it unlocked a memory because he, you mentioned he was in Zorro. Yes. But it was like the TV series that was on the like family channel. Mm-hmm. Does that unlock a memory for you that there was a Zorro yes. TV yeah, series? Absolutely. It does. Yeah. <laughs> it, that was around the same time as like the Xena warrior princess TV show. And yeah. the Hercules. Yes. Yeah. Oh man. What a time for television. I'll tell you. Syndicated television. Yes. And who played uh, the Gill? Uh, Tom Woodruff Jr. Yeah. Goes on to play the Gill monster, who I will honestly say, mm-hmm. fucking scary. I'm going to be completely I, honest yeah, with you. The, the weird thing for me, though, is like I, half the time I was sitting there being like, I don't know the name of this monster. I keep for, I kept forgetting. Gilman, I think, is what his official name yeah. is. But he won an Academy Award for his special effects work in 1992 yeah. for uh, Death Becomes Her. Yeah. And he He's, was in Alien 3. I mean, yeah. he, really big in the horror and animal world. He was in Pumpkinhead, which I don't know if you've seen that. That's a fucked up movie. No, I haven't. Alien versus Predator in 2004. Alien versus Predator 2007. So I think he's just known as a monster in this world. And I think that's incredible. Yeah, it's okay. He was uh, special effects in Starship Starship Troopers. Why can't I well, say that's that? Another, like, yeah. I feel like there's a, there's a connection there, right? Because it's all like the Paul Vanderhoof. Yeah. Like, like there's, a, there's a six degrees of... And the way that all connects. And I, I'm not a huge horror film buff, but I have friends who are. And I feel like he went on to get some decent notoriety in that world, which yeah. there is something to be said about the people that do those things. So you're not just a body in a suit acting like yeah. you have to be able to move a certain way and, yeah. you know, make the noises you need to make. And I mean, those bodily movements, they're not normal. Right. You're not just like walking down the street. You're like a creep. I don't know. I just, I find that stuff fascinating because that's not a normal job to be played. A special shout to Michael Reed McKay that played the mummy. Yeah. He was creepy as hell. Yeah. What I want to know is there are so many people, right? Because I was looking at like the dad, uh, Robert Lesser, who was in this. And he, like the wife, was also in Die Hard. There are so many people connected to like Die Hard and yeah. like Starship Troopers and the Paul Vanderhosen, uh, whatever uh, movies. Like, I don't know what the connection is here, but like, it's always interesting to me. Like, there's a thread. Like, was it Mary Ellen Trainer who's like, oh, like you know, you got to bring along the guy who played my husband in Monster Squad, which for for a movie full of people that like again we said like the kids are pretty much like this is pretty much what they did and they, they didn't really pop up elsewhere. The rest of the cast are like sort of like hidden gems in other movies throughout like the rest of the 80s and 90s, which is kind of funny. Well, Lisa Fuller, who plays the, you know, Lisa Rhodes, the sister who's yeah. not a virgin. 
She was in Teen Witch, which I loved, love, love, loved. The she original in, Teen Witch. Yeah, the original Teen Witch show. She was in Earth Girls Are Easy. Yeah. She was in Baby Boom. She was the, the hot girl in some, yeah. some of these things. And then just stopped existing after yeah. the 80s. That's really interesting. She was in Imps yeah. in 2009. I don't know what that is. Yeah. I don't think we should be sharing <laughs> that with people. The kids, I mean, we found out the one kid unfortunately yeah. died of pneumonia. Yeah. The but, kid who played Sean literally went on to make a documentary about the mo- this movie because- Sure did. Sure it was did. was his one big, big role. And he apparently uh, was in quite a few soap operas. Okay. And went on to be into other horror movies, Baby Frankenstein and- yeah, that kind of stuff. But a lot of those kids, they didn't go on to get the fame that the kids in and the Goonies got. So yeah. I guess calling it a rip off Goonies isn't fair, but not for them. I think when you look yeah, in the okay. totality and, and you look at the movie, like, you know, the way this came out and the fact and the fact that like, yeah, they tried to make a movie, but then they cut half the things. They trimmed the yeah. budget down to like not allow it to make do what they wanted to do. It becomes unfair for the filmmakers. I'll give them that. It's what they made of it is fun. And again, I think it goes to your personality too. Like just how you are with like the, there's the big ugly monster and it has a kind heart and you're just like, Oh, I want to rescue that thing. You are to this movie as well. Where it's, and I misspoke earlier. I said that it was the way I was with Chunk and the Goonies who I also love, yeah. but I meant sloth. So everyone knows what sloth. I meant. Yeah. Yeah. I, you're like that with a lot of things in life in general where like, you're like, yeah, Oh, it's, it's kind it's, of annoying for people. And I feel bad because we'll be out doing things and someone's just a straight up asshole to us or just being a piece of shit. And I'm like, Oh, but he could have a bad home life. Oh, but she's yeah. got a good heart. I wish I could not be like that. You would rescue every three-legged dog. We actually, to be clear, outside our studio. Oh my gosh! We walked outside. I get so and emotional. You saw a three-legged dog, and there's something to your personality where it's not about rescuing every dog in the world. It's the ones that you know aren't as loved as the others, because it has three legs. I I just want to hold it <laughs> and tell it it's okay. Oh, it's a dog. It doesn't know he's not loved as much as the. Yes, cute he, puppy. He not, <laughs> what? We should stop talking about this before I cry. <laughs> um. By the way, did you know that Gary German guy? I mean, you know, he was up in your neck of the woods, but he died in Woodstock, New York. Oh, I love Woodstock. Great town. Sorry yeah. for him. But can we just talk about a, a couple things? <laughs> yes, we can. Sorry, Gary German out, guy's dead. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, sorry. That was all I had. He didn't but really do wait, much. Wait, hold on. Yeah. That's my emotion to that. But I almost started crying thinking about the three-legged dog that walked yeah. out of the studio. Let's just talk about that for a second. <laughs> so, you know, right before the credits roll and mm. Sean, played by Andre Gr- yeah. Gower, who's like, you know, the victorious kid. So they've just taken down the monster. So he looks in the camera lens and he says, we are the monster squad. I love it. Yeah. I love it. For you, you're probably like, that's so corny. Yeah. But I love that in the fun facts, fun facts. Uh-huh. Two things. Number one, Decker told him, you got to do this like Clint Eastwood. Just look in the camera and do it like Clint. That's literally what he told this child because he wanted it to sound cool without getting campy. I don't think that worked. Uh, I still loved it. (laughs) But this was only in the movie theaters for two weeks before it got pulled. (laughs) Sorry. Come on. But then once it hit video rentals and cable, it blew up again. Two weeks yeah. Are you for serious? Wait, this is one of our fun favorite things to do. What else came out 
the weekend that this came out because sometimes it's not oh, fair. Man. Okay. Let's, okay. Let's take a look. We're going to dive down this rabbit hole. While you pull that up, though, I'll, I'll save okay. this a little bit. So apparently you, me- you mentioned a lot of stuff had been cut out, right? Yes. This was on TV. This is the other thing that confused me is uh, I said you and I both grew up on cable television. So most of the stuff that we know is from cable TV. This was on cable TV. Apparently TNT used to show this movie in the 90s. On the TV version, there are additional scenes that were cut from a theatrical version. In the opening scene, immediately immediately following the opening title, uh, one of Van Helsing's men fights off one of the vampire women and accidentally pulls the stake out of Dracula's chest, resurrecting the Count. So I guess in that, oh. they do stab the Count, and it's like, oh, okay, he should be dead, and this explains why he's not dead, because the stake was pulled out. There is a, more of a comedy routine between the two pilots that were flying with the Dracula and Frankenstein coffin thing. Okay. Um, probably to that Abbott and Costello thing that you were talking about before. Yep. Decker was probably trying to do a little bit to that. Uh, there's a scene with Phoebe and her mother in the kitchen. The mother tells Phoebe to go watch her favorite TV show, but Phoebe says uh, her PTA won't let her on the grounds it contains too much sex, which leads her mother to retort under her breath, we could use a little sex in this house. Uh, oh, Jesus my. Mom. I don't understand. Mom. You know what's funny? Again... I know they were trying to be different and they, and apparently he had, he hadn't seen the Goonies. Whereas in that one, you know, the parents are battling with losing their house in this, the parents are battling with divorce. <laughs> yeah. You know what? It's a bit triggering as the kids it, yeah. say these days. Yeah. And like, and literally you hear like them arguing in the other room, like she's mad at the husband for working too much and he's a police officer and he's explaining about how he's getting called about mummies being, <laughs> Being lost from a museum. And it's like a really big problem. He's like, oh, God, yeah. I got to go in. These monsters are taking over the town. Yeah. Sorry, we're about to get divorced and you want to bang everyone else. There's an extended scene where the boys are discussing whether or not they know what a virgin is, leading them to ask Rudy if he knows any. Because when the boys and Frankenstein go to the mansion to retrieve the amulet, there is an additional scene showing them approaching the house where Horace expresses his fear, which I thought in the version I saw he did where he kept like going on like a tangent about why they shouldn't go in. But uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe that wasn't in the other cut. And then a scene of Rudy putting his arm around Patrick's sister to her disgust as they observe the carnage following the movie's finale. So Rudy tries hitting on Patrick's sister and she is not Get it, Rudy. I know. I I know. Good for him. I'm just saying he's a little heartthrob. I mean, he did try to blackmail her with like, you know, nude photos of her. So. Yeah, not great. Not a great move. Yeah, acceptable in the 80s. It was, yeah. it was as Calvin Harris puts yeah. it, it was acceptable in the 80s. Well, they were up against some bad shit. So Okay, what do we have? <laughs> the week before, okay. The Lost Boys came out. <laughs> okay? The same yeah. And then Masters of the Universe came out. I'm sorry, 2 <laughs> weeks before Lost Boys came out. The week before Masters of the Universe came out, and so did okay. Stake Out. Okay. Then Monster Squad, and then the same weekend as Monster Squad, Can't Buy Me Love, the same day, oh, Can't Buy Me Love was released, and so it, as well yeah. as the Garbage Pail Kids movie, and they beat that out, so oh, that's, God. Well, that's, that's, I guess, good. That's easy. And Back to the Beach, which I don't know what that is, but that came out at the same time, yeah. and they just beat out the Care Bears Adventure in Wonderland, so they yeah. got that going for them, but the Lost Boys, I think, really killed them. Yeah. And the Living Daylights also came out. 
And RoboCop came out two weeks before that. They were not at a good time. This was bad. Superman 4, RoboCop, La Bamba. Great movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Tom, it gets worse. Hold on. It gets worse. The weekend after. Mm -hmm. This is late summer 87, by the way. Yeah. The weekend after Dirty Dancing and Apocalypse Now did a (laughs) re-release. And Dirty Dancing came out. They were done. It's game over. They were just and like, that's when they got pulled. That's the weekend they got pulled. Ah, <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Also, what's okay. really weird is according to IMDb, this was an HBO production, but I do not ever remember seeing this on HBO. So I, I don't, don't know. either. I was probably watching real sex at that point. So, yeah. Just saying. <laughs> well, if you have not, I know by the time this airs, Halloween will have cometh and gone. But if you want to keep that spooky season alive. Yeah. And you're willing to put aside a little bit of judgment. Yeah. It's very enjoyable. I love it. I'll put it this way. It was fun because I hadn't seen it before, but I feel like, especially if you have seen it, like for you, Amanda, I feel like the concept of like you showing this to your kids or like people showing it to their kids is interesting because I'm always looking for more of these movies. If I ever have a human child, I can't wait to. (laughs) I can't wait to see my fiance show it to our children because he loves it. This is like, yeah. this is his nostalgic childhood movie. And and yeah. he, it reminds him of watching movies with his dad and his brothers. And I love that he shared it with me because I love it. And the time that we had gone to the movie theaters to see it, we were seeing it with my friends, uh, Lauren and Jack, who were yeah. diehard Monster Squad fans. And they're Henry's age. Yeah. So I was like, okay, maybe I'm just a little bit too young (laughs) to have watched this because I was born in 87 and they were like rip roaring ready to go. But I was born in 84. I don't remember this at all. Like never crossed my path at all until you were the one who put pitched it to me. All right. Well, you're welcome. (laughs) You can write me a thank me note (laughs) if you want to. (laughs) But I highly recommend watching it. Can I just point out one, one other thing, too? In 1983, Michael Sambello did the song Maniac for the soundtrack to Flashdance, right? One of the biggest. Yes. And uh, what was the song he did for this movie (laughs) as part of that? What is it? I'm pretty sure it's the one for that music montage I was sort of trashing a little bit. That I Um, love. That was, I know. Give me all the corny. Yeah. Although I'm going to say something. Yeah. I feel like Monster Squad walked so Stranger Things could run. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's I think it's like a starter I, yeah. pack, right? Like it, it brought it yeah. back to the eighties. It's it's kids fighting monsters. Yes. Obviously very different production value and all yes. of that kind of stuff. But I think it walked so that Stranger Things could run. Is it fair? And again, maybe it's not because to your point, like your fiance, this is like so near and dear to him. And so I'll ask this without him being able to actually answer the question, but I feel like this one I'd be okay with them remaking because I feel like they can make it better. They can fix the gap. I can ask him right now. Uh, (laughs) You can ask him. What do you think? I mean, is it fair? Like, do you feel like this is one where it's a 100%. Okay, we'll see what he says. But you get what I'm saying, right? Because like to your point with budget cuts and script trimmings and all this other stuff, it's like, yeah, if you fix this one up, you polish this one up. Because remember, I started this by saying, it felt like a good movie that just was missing missing a little bit of polish. And you gave me the backstory to why it was sort of unpolished. I feel like if it got that, yeah, no, I'd be okay with them remaking this. Maybe this is Universal's way in of fixing 
their inability to do anything with their catalog of Universal Monsters. They wanted to a couple of years ago. They tried to throw big bucks at it with a uh, <laughs> Monsters Universe thing that just didn't pan out. And then um, well, now you got this. All right, please hold. I'm going to see if I can get him to answer me. Hold on. Uh, listeners, this will be cut. Folks, he hemmed, he hawed, the dogs barked, and he said, that's a tough one. Yes. Yeah. I, that's all we got I, out of it. We like this game, Tom. Yeah. Who would we cast? Oh, yeah. Okay. Let's think about this. This is a fun okay. game. This is one of our favorite games. Now, I, you know what, though? I'm going to tell you right mm-hmm. now. I automatically go to the Stranger Things kids, and we can't, can't. do that. You can't. First off, they but don't I even want to be in Stranger Things anymore. <laughs> like much less any other. By the time they do Stranger like Things again, they're going to be twenty-seven. Well, who's who is young Hollywood at this point? Like who are young? I don't kids know, and I it feels a little creepy yeah. if I try to figure it out. Like I who know. are the I, cool? I mean, you'd you'd have to have fresh faces. You'd, you'd have, have to have all fresh faces for the kids, but for the monsters okay. and the parents and all that, we monsters can do, we can play parents. That. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 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 So, um, for the dad, I've got it already. Mark Jake Johnson. Oh. Mark Jake Johnson, J- Jake Johnson, Jake Johnson. Oh, Jake yeah, Johnson. Okay. Jake, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. That that makes sense to me because he he's sort of like that gruffy, like oh, I can't take this anymore. Gruffy dad who can be yeah. funny but also kind of serious. Well, I feel like the dad needed that. Like he he could use a little bit of like softening around the edges. He's sitting there chain smoking at work, being like my my fucking wife wants to like I don't want to go home. My wife wants a divorce. Before we get there, too, I did not understand the sidekick cop who was just like yelling all the time for no reason. I didn't understand him whatsoever. I was like, what, what, what was going on there? He reminded me of like, and especially during that time period, he reminded me of like a knockoff Keith David. And mm-hmm. there's that meme going around right now of Keith David from was yeah. it Leprechaun or whatever. Just like, welcome to hell, motherfucker. Um, and I'm just like, that's who I feel like they wanted to cast in this. And it just like, he wasn't available. He was off shooting they live or something but i feel like that would have been the the, the proper at that time That's i don't know who you do one. now though. yeah okay so i have an idea for the mom so if we have okay jake johnson as the dad <laughs> zoe Deschanel. okay no Mark i was gonna Hayes say emma stone mom. i think emma stone could be really funny as a like a young mom but they can't be fighting over divorce right like they can't we gotta we gotta fix that part of the script here too okay fine okay but, but if, and all right. also i've got dracula in the bag. Who do you think oh. I'm going to say? Oh, man. I don't know. Because the thing is, Dracula doesn't talk much either. Like, he's not a big character, but he's a very important no. character. But, like, in that movie, he's, like, very, like, sexy and suave and, like, mysterious. I was yeah. going to say Oscar Isaac. I could see him doing oh, Dracula. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, Right? Okay, I that's all I got. Isaac. <laughs> that's okay. all I got. Who would you well, say for the mom? Uh, for the mom well, it's got to be someone mom-esque right you got to find someone who's yeah. mom material now is emma stone in like the mom phase yet or is she still clinging i don't on know to... she's our age so she's got to be up oh, there God, that's depressing um, i'm just saying like if she's like 37 38 you've got a kid who's similar age of these kids jillian jacobs oh that's a good one that's yeah. a really good one. And I love her. Oh, that's really good because she can be kind of trashy, angry and smoke a cigarette. And yes. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. But also because I think the scene that stuck out for me from the original was when the mom is screaming when Dracula is literally holding her, her <laughs> yeah. daughter up by the neck. That's my pick there. We got to figure out uh, uh, Frankenstein's monster. I feel like that's the that's the major one here. Who's tall enough? I mean, who's the t- guy who played him originally tall? probably can come back still. He can come um, back. Oh, you know who's tall in real life? And now, now, 
<laughs> now I'm just pulling people from the cast of Community at this point. I knew exactly you were going to say photo. Joe McHale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I knew it. I just... Because I have a picture with him and he's like seven feet tall. Yeah, and, he's and very tall. I was yeah. going to say Joe McHale. You know who I was, I was going to say? Who? Conan O'Brien. Oh, yeah. Could he play actually, really yeah. lovable and like, yeah. you know, he could play funny lovable. Let's see here. Who, who are some other tall actors? The Rock is 6'5", but let's we, we let's not make this a Rock movie. Oh, I got one. I got one who's okay, also 6'5". I'm ready. Army Hammer because he eats people. Oh, no. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Because he is 6'5". Who did Sophie Vergara's last husband? Uh, Joe Man- Mangiello. Joe Mangianiello. Yeah. Is okay. it too small of a part for him? I mean, I feel like he, he, he couldn't put on that much makeup to make him. I mean, I, maybe that's not the right fit, though. Uh, who we got? Who else? Jeff got Goldblum. Here? Jeff Goldblum. He's 6'4". Uh, yeah, but he would play. He'd play a weird Frankenstein. He'd be like, oh, what about yes, Alexander uh, Skarsgård? He could actually, do that. He already uh, looks... Kind of weird. Did you did you also Google tall actors? Of course I did. I've got Snoop Dogg <laughs> at six four. Let's do Snoop Dogg. Let's do Snoop Jay, Dogg. Yeah, Jason, Jason Momoa, Momoa could do it. No, Jason, Jason Momoa. Momoa. Be, I'm thinking him for the Gill Man or the Wolf Man. Okay, well the Wolf Man has to be someone that's like sort of like we're thinking about this the wrong way because Joe McHale and, and Conan O'Brien are skinny, so they should be the mummy. We need a Jack dude to be Frankenstein because he's supposed to be huge see- and muscular. But you never see the mummy. I saw the actor play. I'm like, you don't. We're see We're writing face. a bigger part for him. We're writing okay. a bigger part for him. Okay. And okay. Jason Momoa could probably do the Frankenstein situation here. Yeah. All right. We're getting out of control here. Wolfman. <laughs> I don't know. Someone Harry. Pedro Pascal. Did you said uh, Oscar Isaac? Oscar I knew Isaac. at some point. I'm gonna that, make Pedro Pascal uh, somewhere. Pedro Pascal was coming in there somewhere too. Yeah. yeah I mean, I knew. What I about Jason Segel? He's six four and he's great. I love. I him. know. I saw. We haven't seen him in anything recently too. So I feel no, like. No, I he's, really miss him. Yeah. I hope he wants to hang out with us. Some. Uh, oh, he's also, shrinking. We have to watch shrinking. Yeah. That's yeah. been recommended to us quite a bit. I, Tyler Perry's six five. Okay, Tyler Perry would be killer as a Frankenstein. Yeah. He'd be incredible. <gasps> Vincent D'Onofrio is six four. Oh, Vincent D'Onofrio as Vincent D'Onofrio. Vincent D'Onofrio as Frankenstein. Frankenstein. That's it. That's my pick. That's really good because he's (laughs) lovable, but can also be very scary. He has that. He can do that deep voice too. Like Wolfman. I don't know. He's got Nards, so it's gonna have to be someone with Nards. That one I feel like is more like a like a sillier character because it's got to be someone who's like sort of like (laughs) be John Oliver. (laughs) (laughs) No. No, I got it. I got it. Okay, I'm ready. It. I'm ready. Have you watched uh, Righteous Gemstones? Yes. Uncle Billy. Oh, my God. That's right? that's a very good one. That's a good yeah. one. Okay. That's a very like good one. Okay, yeah. I'll allow it. I feel like that's a good one. I'll allow it. Yeah. All right. Well, we've cast okay. the movie, folks. You're there welcome. You yeah. You're done. Your move, that's Hollywood. We <laughs> We're here for whatever needs you have. Yeah. So that's, that's about it. All right. That's we'll be fun. drafting your proposal letters later this week. Happy spooky season. Well, thank season. you for watching it. Yeah, happy spooky yeah. season, everyone. I hope you enjoyed your halloween and you had more treats than tricks. Yeah. And, you know, we've missed you. And back yeah. to regularly scheduled programming. Yeah. Don't forget to catch all the seven other podcasts that Amanda is starring in at this point. So. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. I get around in life yeah. and on podcasts, I guess. A new one coming up, so stay tuned for that announcement. But we do still have episodes of Folktown uh, talking about local Sleepy Hollow. You can listen to that wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram, Facebook, the Tick and the Talk. 
And yeah. also rate, review, and subscribe. That stuff really helps us out, guys. So we can continue to give you free merch. I'm just going to keep saying that. Free yeah. merch. If free you merch. want it, shoot free us stuff. a message on the Instagrams. Yeah. Cool. All cool. right. Thanks. Happy Thanks. Halloween. See ya. Bye. Bye.